You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. The cream of the crop. Hey, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name's Ken. I'm going to be your host today, and today we're having a very special two-on-two. Matt is not in the studio today. Um, but we do have Jeff and Neil. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing yeah. good. A uh, little, I, I guess it's always early, but uh, doing well. The coffee is making my voice just a little bit lower, but I'm doing good. Sipping on your coffee, having a good time. All right. Well, that's our triviality team. On the other end, over Skype, we have Max Miners and Jan Winter coming to give us a challenge. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Thanks for having us, guys. Great. Good morning. Yeah, of course. It's our pleasure. And uh, right off the bat, let's just uh, talk about you guys a little bit. Uh, Maybe wondering how you guys got into trivia. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourselves. Gosh, I've been playing um, team trivia at the same place here in Louisville, Wix Pizza, original OG Louisville Pizza, for, um, gosh, 13 years now? 12, 13 years? Wow. Um, Nice. Had the same core team the entire time, too. We call ourselves the Gina Davis All-Stars because we realized quickly (laughs) that we all love Gina Davis, so... That's a that's a, our our dream is to one day get Gina to actually come to Louisville and play on the team with us. Hey, it's a possibility. You never know. Send her an email. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are wearing Rockford Peaches outfits, I'm sure she'll we, be game. We, we so. actually totally do have Rockford Peaches uh, outfits that we wear on the first trivia of every month. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I just uh, kind of grew up curious. So my mom always called me nosy, but I like that nowadays they call it curious. And it's like a good thing to be because I'm older than you guys. And <laughs> Uh, I'm just kind of a sponge of, uh, I just enjoy learning. And so about a year ago, Max kind of forced me to formalize that a little bit. And first he got me to join Learned League, which is really super fun. And now like, this is my first trivia podcast. So I hope I show myself well. (laughs) Great. Well, welcome to the world. And uh, we're happy that we're your first. Yeah, we need more people like you that are curious in the world, I think. I agree. We need more Jans in the world in general. (laughs) Without further ado, I will go ahead and break down the rules and we'll get started. So the game is 20 questions and a variety of topics worth 10 points apiece and split into two rounds. At halftime, there will be a swing round and uh, players can rack up some extra points. At the end of regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have the chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will 
rise to the top. Oh, yeah. All right. And if everybody's ready to get started, we will go with question one. What TV and radio personality can you find playing himself in Josie and the Pussycats, Joe Dirt, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and also providing some inspiration for the title character in My Name is Earl? So Triviality looks a little stumped here. Yeah, Louisville's not uh, looking so hot either. (laughs) Okay, um, we discussed it and uh, Triviality is in. Okay, we are locked in as well. All right, so after some discussion, looks like both our teams have locked in with an answer. So let's start with the team in Louisville. Well, we had uh, we went through a few different names. Um, Jan immediately wrote down Wolfman Jack, which I thought was an interesting answer because you said inspired the title character for My Name is Earl, which I've never watched. I, this this was just a totally crap question for us to start on because I've never watched any of these movies or television shows. <laughs> we kind of threw that out because I, we thought Wolfman Jack maybe was too old. So we went a bit more modern and TV and radio was kind of sticky, too. So we, we ended up going with Dick Clark. Uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a really good answer. For me personally, uh, the, the one thing I couldn't get out of my head was Penn Jillette because he's always on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And uh, so that was in the back of my head. But then uh, Jeff actually uh, came over and he's like he's like i know dennis miller was on my name is earl not that that was an inspiration to the show but uh we really couldn't think of another person like a dick clark or wolfman jack so we, we ended up going with dennis miller all right well unfortunately we can't start the game with points today uh the correct answer is carson daly oh oh so he did cameo in those uh television shows and movies and uh, i believe in my name is earl he actually introduces the concept of karma to Earl on his uh, his oh. late night program, and that's where he gets the whole idea. All right, moving on to question two, hopefully to better things. What is the final book of the His Dark Material fantasy series by Philip Pullman, which also includes Northern Lights, a.k.a. The Golden Compass, and The Subtle Knife? Interesting question. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that The, the Golden Compass comes from the His Dark Material um his Dark Materials series. And unfortunately, we only got that one movie. It could be a really cool uh, cool series to do, but uh, got cut short. I was going to go from it from a movie angle, but right. now that he confirmed I could only think of one movie, then that kind of puts me at a loss. Team Louisville is locked in. <laughs> I think we're in, too. Yeah, we're in. All right, looks like uh, Team Triviality is chuckling a little bit here, so let's get their answer first. Mm-hmm. So um, this is not one that I was familiar with. Neil tried approaching it from a movie angle, but seeing as how they only made the one film, there was nothing to follow up with. So we went with the not-so-subtle knife. It's a pretty obvious knife. All right, and uh, Team Louisville? Yeah, we took a similar approach. We were trying to think what would logically follow the northern lights and the subtle knife, so we went with the obvious chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, uh, no points in the game yet. Uh, The answer is the amber spyglass. Makes up the, uh, the trilogy. All right, let's move on to a little bit of history and hope you guys fare better. One of the most famous naval battles in the American Civil War took place on March 8, 1862, as part of the Battle of Hampton Roads. The battle lasted for several hours and resulted in a draw between two ironclad ships. Name either of the ironclad ships involved in this battle, and alternate names for them are accepted. We're locked in. Okay, that was a quick one for these guys. Triviality is discussing quickly. You wrote down old Ironsides. Right. I feel like it was uh, one that they had like done up for like maybe like the War of 1812 and was had been around for, you know, 40, 50 years. 
that sounds familiar. I, I remember a story of like a really old ship that yeah. had like one last battle. Like any any action movie where the guy goes, I have one last job. I can't think of anything right now that's better than that, but it, it rang a bell in my head. So you just want to go with it? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Okay. So old Ironsides for Team Triviality. And how about uh, for Team Louisville? I think the I think the battle was the Monitor versus the Merrimack. Either of those. We get two answers. <laughs> Okay, uh, Team Louisville is correct on both of those. Um, the uh, Merrimack was alternately named CSS Virginia. Unfortunately, Old Ironsides was uh, the name of the U.S. Constitution. Mm. And also, I think, three or four presidents. That's <laughs> yeah. right. All right, moving on to the next question. Uh, we do finally have some points on the board with that last one. So, number four. Diane Arbus was an artist whose work often focused on those who are marginalized in society and worked in what visual medium? So I just want to know the visual medium that Diane Arbus was an artist in. Louisville's locked in. Nope, never heard of this person. I've heard of the name. I just, well, it's got to be, it's got to be painting, photography. Diane Arbus, though, that, I know that name too. But yeah, maybe you just want to go with photography? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Okay, Team Triviality going with photography. And how about Louisville? Um, I think she was most famous known for the photograph of the woman in the Dust Bowl holding one of, like, baby, mm-hmm. and there were two other kids around her. So we, we said that she was a photographer. And both teams are correct on that one. It is photography. Um, Neil, that name might be ringing a bell because of the movie Fur, starring Nicole Kidman. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. An imaginary portrait of Diane Arbus was not biographical, just kind of uh, a movie that they made up about her. All right. Well, moving on to the next question. And this is our listener submitted question. This one comes to us from David Raffetto, unsurprisingly. <laughs> He's been uh, giving us a lot of these, so we do appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. All right. The question is, who is the only person to win a Pulitzer Prize and then go on to serve as U.S. president? Team Louisville is locked in. Team Louisville is locked in, <clears throat> so you can feel free to discuss. I don't know if it could be Roosevelt, but I remember you were saying, was it Woodrow Wilson had a doctorate? Yeah, he did. I'm just trying to think of somebody who would have been published before, you know, they were they were president. Um, so I was like, I was trying to think of people who would have had some kind of fame or notoriety um, before that time. I mean, the only person I could think of would be like Roosevelt, because wasn't he in like battles and things like that, and was kind of a popular person before he was president. Yeah, I mean, same with Eisenhower, though. I mean, he was the a five star general during World War Two. I'll let you pick whoever you want to go with. I'm I'm good with. Why don't we Why don't we go with old Ronnie? <laughs> Ronald, wait, Ronald Reagan, really? Yeah, why not? All right, that would be the only one I have reservations with. But we could, if we could do that, if you want, that's All fine. Right. Triviality is in with Ronald Reagan. And how about you guys? So I think Jan saved our butts on this one because my immediate thought I went to Warren G. Harding because I think he was a newspaper publisher before he was president, and pr- and some pretty good letters too, if I recall. <laughs> but the answer is John F. Kennedy for profiles in courage. Yep, ah. You guys are exactly correct, Jeff K. For Profiles and Courage. So at the end of question five, we have Team Louisville with 30 points. And Triviality is hanging tough at 10 points right now. But uh, that could all change in the second half. Didn't even think of Kennedy. That's that's good. I'm a journalist. I have a couple of degrees in journalism. So. <laughs> oh, well, that was, that was easy peasy for you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get some pop culture going for Team Triviality a little later on. But for now, we're going to stick with some ancient history. In 146 BC, the Roman Republic defeated and occupied Carthage and annexed remaining Carthaginian territory, basically ending its independent existence. This action was the third and final part of what series of wars? 
Okay, we are in. Surprisingly quick response from Team Triviality. I mean, if you're asking a, a question that I know anything about, you're going to be a little bit quicker on the draw. That's right. How about you guys, Louisville? You can feel free to talk because these guys are in. Well, I immediately went to the Punic Wars, but then I kind of am recanting because I think that might have been what Hannibal was involved in, and that was like a thousand years after this, I think. All I know about Hannibal is he rode on elephants. <laughs> That's like it. Um, yeah, I don't have a better answer, though, for Carthage. I, okay. Yeah, let, we're going to go with the Punic Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay, Punic Wars. And how about you guys? We, uh, we also went Punic Wars. That's right. You guys are all correct. So points all around. Uh, Jeff, you seem to know a little bit about this. Did you have a point of uh, clarification on his uh, confusion? Yeah. So um, this was about the time of Hannibal. So Hannibal is much earlier than most people think. <laughs> was I a thousand years off on Hannibal or off on the Punic Wars? Apparently. No, you were, you were a thousand years off on Hannibal. <laughs> and he rode on elephants, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, notably, he, uh, he rode on elephants. All right. And as promised, a little bit of pop culture coming at you. Oroku Saki is the proper name of what popular comic book, television, and film villain? Can you um, say that one one more time? Oroku Saki is the proper name of what popular comic book, television, and film villain? That's Oroku Saki. I think Team Louisville is comfortable locking in. Can you think of a Japanese-centric character that would be in a, a comic book? TV and film? Well, specifically in a, in a villain role. Right. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, what's the name of the the, um, the book? Death Note. Is that... He's a villain, right? And it's a, that's a manga, a, a movie, and then a... I don't know if they made a series, though. I f- uh, yeah, it's a TV series. I don't know if they made a film. I don't know. Well, I mean, they did make a film, didn't they? Just yeah, recently? on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, yeah Adam, could be. Adam, uh, yeah, and Wingard. Uh, Roku Saki, I mean, could that be the villain of... Death Note? It's better than I'm going to get okay. in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So it looks like both teams are in. And uh, Triviality, you decided to go with? Death Note. Death Note. Okay. And Team Louisville. Uh, just to clarify before I give our answer, you did ask for the character name, not the series, correct? Yes, that's correct. And uh, we went with um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Master Shredder. You're right. It is Shredder. And Neil looked very, uh, very down when he, when he heard that name. You were so close. We thought you were going to walk right yeah. into it. When you, you said, oh, I thought I looked it. at Jan. I said, oh, crap, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, it was a little less esoteric than they, they thought it was. But yeah, I, I was I was looking too deep and I should have just kept it simple, uh, you know, in my head. I'm glad you didn't ask a Death Note question because Team Louisville would have been really oh, marked on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough. But uh, moving on to the next question. Dr. Barry J. Marshall consumed H. pylori bacteria intentionally to prove their connection to what ailment? He treated himself with antibiotics and won a Nobel Prize for his trouble. Dr. Barry J. Marshall. Uh, Team Louisville's locked in. It's something in the digestive system, I'm pretty sure. Um, H. pylori. Okay. All right, so what... what ailment would you need antibiotics for that's curable yeah yeah i'm i'm thinking it's something that um causes um some kind of inflammation or or problems to the digestive system but i'm trying to remember exactly what um what disease that might be i know you said cholera but isn't that pretty hardcore yeah it's pretty hardcore but i mean we've we've kind of done away with it so i I, i'm gonna lean on you on this one because i'm kind of at a loss and i feel bad about shredder so (laughs) <laughs> That's fine. We can we can settle in with cholera. Okay, cholera for team triviality. 
Well, hopefully not. But uh, what did Team Louisville have? <laughs> so H. pylori is the bacteria that causes ulcers. And what Dr. Marshall discovered was that ulcers are caused by bacteria, not by an overflow of stomach juices. So now if you have an ulcer, they give you antibiotics. And I'm pretty sure about that. Well done. Yeah, you're right. It is stomach ulcers. So Jeff was on the uh, hot on the trail of that question, but I uh, couldn't quite get there. But uh, let's go right to question nine, see how they fare. Hitler reacts or Hitler finds out is a common internet meme featuring Bruno Gantz's furious portrayal of Adolf Hitler. The German is mistranslated to reflect Hitler's disapproval with Various trivial matters, such as being banned from Xbox Live, the outcome of sporting events, or pop culture disappointments. What film does this video come from? We're in. We're in. Um, I had an immediate thought on this, but I'm curious if it matches yours. Okay. Uh, my immediate thought was Inglorious Bastards, because I, I I'm trying to think of like any a modern depiction. Yeah, of a modern Nazi depiction of Hitler. Wacky Nazis. Right. Exactly. Well, it is. Have you guys Have you guys seen these videos? Um, I, they, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed that a meme question I'm like blanking, blanking on, you know, memes, memes should should be strong territory for me, (laughs) but, uh, no, I don't, I don't think I know this one offhand. So that's what we're going with. Yeah. That that's the bet. Unless you have a better answer. Okay. So we'll say inglorious bastards. All right. Inglorious bastards for Louisville. How about triviality? Uh, I'm just happy that there was a a film question to not, uh, or it's a sort of raise our spirits. Uh, so we put downfall. Downfall or Der Untergang is correct. Yep, you're right. Downfall. Very good movie that they kind of uh, butchered up a little bit for that uh, that meme that is also pretty funny. So, Yeah, there's some good performances in there. And uh, yeah, I did not know the German. I, I, I would have butchered it. So just went with the English translation. So. Yeah, no problem. The, uh, <laughs> the, the meme is much funnier than the movie, uh, to be honest. Yeah, the movie is, is it's not a, yeah, it's not a comedy. So that's that's for sure. All right, and finally, question 10. Before widespread international recognition, what actor played the roles of John Ballard in Elizabeth, Master Kane in Kid in King Arthur's Court, and an unnamed crook in the delicious Matthew Vaughn film from 2004? You're fine with my answer, right? Yeah, we're I knew good. it right no, away. We're good. Okay, we're in. Okay, so this has to be somebody, if it's recognition since these movies these uh, elizabeth and kid in king arthur's court if kid in king arthur's court is the one i'm thinking of it's the kid who was in rookie of the year and then he it was like the modern retelling of the connecticut yankee in king arthur's okay. court and it was like a kid's movie in the 90s okay i can't thomas uh, ian nicholas i think is his name oh okay. but he like he would have already been well <laughs> i mean are we gonna call thomas ian nicholas famous I was just that seems say, disingenuous I don't know who that is so <laughs> Um, he was in Rookie of the Year, and then that movie, and then I think Brit? he was in American Pie too. But no, but he like he was already famous then, so it couldn't be him. So, um, but Elizabeth also was from the late nineties, right? But okay, so is are those not and then, all Brits? But then are those movies aren't they all like? No, A Kid in King Arthur's Court was not a British movie. Oh, I don't think. Okay, okay. I um, those were all. And I don't, I don't know the delicious Matthew Vaughn film that that uh, they're referencing in the in the question, but he said it was from 2004. So it would have to be someone who is known now, but was not super famous at that time. Yeah, that's, that's as good a guess as any. Let's go with him. Because I love him. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, we'll say Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> not a bad guess. I think you're, uh, you're picking an actor from the right region. How about you guys? Oh, we, we tightened up a little bit when you said Thomas and Nicholas, 
because uh, he was in King, King uh, Kit and King Arthur's court uh, with a very young uh, future one of my favorites, Kate Winslet. Uh, but it also starred an actor who was in Layer Cake, the Matthew Vaughn film that Ken was referencing, and Elizabeth, and that would be Daniel Craig, James Bond. Yep, Daniel Craig's right. And I, I think uh, I think Jeff was saying that his favorite depiction uh, from Daniel Craig was in what movie? So before he was famous, uh, my favorite role he was in was in Road to Perdition. He plays a, a, a nice huh. uh, character accompaniment to some of the other great acting roles in that film, so... All right, and at the end of the first round, it looks like Team Triviality is behind a little bit uh, in second place with 40 points, and Team Louisville has 60 points. So let's move on to the halftime and see what happens here. And we are just going to play a very simple Name That Tune today. Um, There is a little bit of a catch. All these songs are um, popular songs that you guys have all definitely, definitely heard. But... Uh, the names might be a little tricky for you guys, uh, as they don't really have to do with the lyrics. So that's what we're going to do, and uh, it's going to be ten songs, five points apiece. Yeah, we are looking for just the name of the song. They are very, I can't say for sure that you've heard them, but they are extremely popular songs that uh, you probably should have heard uh, at some point, and um, the name is a little bit misleading. Get, get ready for random indie bands that uh, no so longer Jeff, exist. So Jeff's already getting started on his list here. He's just naming some songs with bizarre names. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Max Max is yeah. going to be great at this. Max, the first time that when your Skype popped up, Ken's like, man, this guy's got some rad hair. He's got to be like a metal dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always thinks that about me. It could not be for the truth. I really love synth pop music from the 80s. That I've, My 12-inch 80s dance single collection is through the roof. Well, there might be one or two on this list that'll be good for you. But uh, I'm, I'm a metal dude, but look at my hair. It's, uh, it's a little a little sad. <laughs> so I'm just going to play all the uh, audio clips consecutively for these guys uh, to listen to and choose the names for. One of my favorites here. So pour the champagne, pour the champagne. I chime in with 
it's a, it's a total Ken song too, and I know it. I just don't know the title. <laughs> Something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I've got to Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so after... Uh the two teams have listened to those songs and had some time to mull it over. Uh, Team Triviality is locked in. Uh, was there any points of contention for you guys? Yeah, uh, number six um, we knew was a Ken song. I, I just say that because uh, Ken got a, a question right. I believe it was on the Halloween episode um, for Prodigy. And I, I think it's a, a British band, um, but I just could not. I know the song. I've seen the video. It's very, very uh, prevalent in my head. Uh, from the past, but I, we couldn't come up with a name for that one. But the other ones we felt pretty pretty good about. So that was really the only one that uh, that gave us a run for our money. Okay, how about Team Louisville? As we've been discussing, it's pronounced Louisville. <laughs> yeah, we we um we got stuck on three, four, and six, um, four specifically. I guess we we can discuss that further when we get there. But those were the sticky ones for us. I feel pretty good about the other seven. All right, well, let's jump right in here. Uh, the first one is from Smashing Pumpkins, and what was that one called? Team Triviality? Uh, that would be Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Okay, and Louisville? 
Agreement here, bullet with butterfly wings. I only knew that thanks to uh, Weird Al including it in his alternative polka back in the day on Bad <laughs> Hair Day. Okay, and number two was the, uh, the pop hit from Green Day. And let's start with uh, Louisville on that one. Um, famously used in the last episode of Seinfeld. That was uh, Good Riddance. Good Riddance. And how about Triviality? We agree. Green Day's Good Riddance. All right. And uh, question three provided a little bit more difficulty, I know. Uh, let's start with Team Louisville on that one. Uh, gosh, I have no idea. I mean, I figured this was some early 90s group. Uh, I, I was guessing something like a Jane's Addiction or a um, Blind Melon or something like that. But I could not come up with a song title. How about you guys? Uh, so this album that this is on is surprisingly kind of underrated. I, I listened to it uh, a couple months back uh, just because I love this song. And I was like, I wonder what this album sounds like. But it's uh, by the Toadies, I believe. And it's uh, Possum Kingdom. Yep, you're exactly right. Uh, it's Possum Kingdom, one of my favorite 90s jams. Great album. They had a great album around like 2008 or nine with this song called Song I Hate on their awesome song. Yeah, they're still uh, they're still kicking around, doing a good job, and uh, I had the opportunity to film them a few years back, and that was uh, pretty thrilling for me. So, all right, uh, going to the next one. Uh, this is a Panic at the Disco tune, and it's number four. Let's start with Team Triviality. Um, so after after a lot of pain on our side, uh, Neil and I going back and forth, knowing that we would know it. Um, I had a bunch of things that sounded like it, um, but Neil, in a moment of inspiration, wrote down. That uh, I write sins, not tragedies. Oh, very emo. How about you guys over there in Louisville? Uh, that's the title I couldn't come up with. I was between, <laughs> I, I couldn't remember if this was Panic at the Disco or Fallout Boy, and I knew it was an egregiously long song title. Um, so I ended up going with the Fallout Boy. Right, you are. <laughs> I ended up going with the Fallout Boy track, It's Not a Scene, It's an Arms Race, or This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arms Race. Okay, yep. Uh, Team Triviality is right. I write sins, not tragedies. Or in my case, I write trivia questions. Okay, moving on to number five. And this was from The Who, a very famous song. Who? Uh, the Who. <laughs> uh, Who? A lot of people think this is called Teenage Wasteland, but it's not uh, Team Triviality. What did you think this one was called? Uh, yeah, that's always a fun a fun uh, question when people are like, oh, I love that song, Teenage Wasteland. Uh, but it is uh, Baba O'Reilly. Okay, and how about Louisville? And that's the only one I got, Baba O'Reilly. Well done. <laughs> All right, here's the uh, the one that caused the most contention. Um, Team Louisville, what did you have for number six? We got a big old goose egg, nothing. When when this started, I thought it was going to be the um, simply having a wonderful Christmas time by yes, Paul McCartney. I and, and I thought, well, why would he put that on the list? So, no, we have nothing. <laughs> this sounds like... Uh, did did you recognize the, the tune? I did not recognize uh, it, no. No. How about you guys? Who's the artist? This song reminds me of The Killers, or The Killers remind me of this song. Oh, yeah, that sounds vocals. like a preamble to Somebody Told Me. Yeah, Somebody yeah. Told Me. That's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Thank you, Max. Um, so, yeah, we did, <laughs> we did, we, I knew the, the song, but we couldn't come up with a, a title. So, Okay, the uh, song is called Born Slippy, and it is by Underworld. All right, sorry, sorry for that one, guys. Are that they was, British? They are a British electronica band. Yes, yes. yeah, that's I know. But it yeah. wasn't Prodigy or Deftones, so I was out. Deftones is not uh, British. They are not? And they're not electronic. <laughs> you are awarded no points. <laughs> Negative points. I got have mercy on your soul. Okay, moving on to the next one. Uh, Jeff jumped right on this one, so let's start with uh, triviality for question seven. Um, if I have the right one in mind, I believe this is Buffalo Springfield's For What It's Worth. Okay, and how about uh, Team Louisville? Yes, yeah, is my mom's favorite song of all time. Total agreement, Buffalo Springfield For What It's Worth. Yep, points all around on that one. 
There had to have been collusion here. I think, Ken, you knew that about Max. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's a great song. Open an investigation. Yeah. All right, number eight. I love this track. This is the Blessed Union of Souls song, Hey Leonardo. Hey Leonardo. How about Triviality? Uh, We also went with Hey Leonardo. Yeah. Uh, Also also known to some people as She Likes Me For Me, but yeah, Hey Leonardo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, After a little bit of discussion, uh, Jeff finally got that one. And uh, was very confident and forced forced the hand of Team Triviality in the correct direction. You know what always bothered me about that song? It's like the geekiest thing ever, but it always bothered me how right after he talks about she doesn't like him for his collection of DVDs, they do the noise of like a CD rewinding. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's really good. Oh. <laughs> All right. And uh, this is one that I feel like both teams maybe wrote down before they even heard the song. So let's uh, start with Triviality on number nine. This would be the famous Song 2 by Blur. Song 2 by Blur and Louisville? Yep. Song 2 by Blur. Jan's a huge Blur fan. Yes, I am. Wonderful. It was cool. Uh, when I, I was studying in London, uh, when the Gorillas were, I guess they were fairly popular right at that time. I think it was their first album. Uh, we kind of wandered into this random office building near Abbey Road, and we didn't know what it was. And we like walk up, and we see like this long hallway of... Um, glass and on the glass were painted all the characters from the gorillas and, and someone's like oh yeah that's their their main office and we couldn't go in but it was really cool though like it was just like in this unassuming building it's pretty cool <laughs> the gorillas have an office yeah they did at least in 2005 Heart- oh, hard- heartbreaking i will sleep better tonight knowing that that's amazing <laughs> and finally uh we had a new order track that uh, max was jamming out to uh for number 10 what was that max man my girlfriend would disown me if i missed this one uh we both love new order a lot uh, it's Blue Monday. Okay, and Triviality? Yeah, used to great effect in uh, Atomic Blonde. They uh, kind of m- uh, mashed up the track a ton of different ways. Uh, it'd be Blue Monday. Okay, at the end of halftime, it looks like Team Triviality only missed one of those questions, and uh, Team Louisville missed three of them. So their uh, scores will be 85 for Triviality, 95 for Louisville. So a tenuous lead still holding for our guests today. That can change in round two as we move on to question one in round two. And question one. What actor fittingly provided guest vocals to the song The Magic of the Wizard's Dream for the symphonic metal band Rhapsody in 2006? Team Team Louisville is locked in. Okay. So the clue here for us is fittingly um, and wizards. So we're trying to think of well-known wizards uh that are film actors um it now is gandalf a wizard yes okay yeah so oh, Ian sorry Mc- that you like, you're killing me <laughs> sorry you don't like lord of the rings neil but yeah <laughs> i don't he who knows he's like what he's gandalf the white he's gandalf the gray i don't know what he is so um i mean can you think of any other wizards i mean the only thing that is keeping me from from strongly thinking it's ian mckellen is he's kind of uptight <laughs> well i mean he's but he actually uh funnily enough he uh, runs pub trivia at a, at a pub that he owns. Oh, really? Sometimes, yeah. When he's there, he'll like host the pub trivia <laughs> in England. Um, I think it's our best guess. Uh, or we're locked in. Okay. And uh, let's start with Team Louisville for their answer. Um, we went with uh, a wizard who um, I think is no stranger to the pop or otherwise music world because I think he appeared as a vampire in a New Order video. Um, so we went with uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. And mm. how about you guys? We, uh, we too went Ian McKellen, but with way less certainty than that. Well, you guys <laughs> both had the right film franchise uh, that The Wizard oh, appeared no. in. Oh, no. It's Christopher Lee. Uh, 
best of the best podcast uh, mm-hmm. coming from Neil did quite a lot of discussion on Christopher Lee uh, during the Halloween season, but they did not mention his operatic uh, abilities. So he is an opera singer, and he did provide guest vocals on that song and uh, I think uh, another Rhapsody song. And he also has his own symphonic metal album wow. about Charlemagne. Whoa! Wow! It's uh, it's questionable, but uh, check it out. <laughs> That's it's crazy. definitely worth a listen. It's it's very I um, forgot about it's that. very interesting. Crazy fact. All right, so number two, the Triviality Recording Studio may be at times the saltiest place on earth, but the saltiest body of water is actually Don Juan Pond. On what continent would you find this 44% saline and 10 centimeter deep pond? I think we um, are comfortable enough locking in at this point. We had a we had a decent off mic discussion. What did, what were you guys thinking in in the studio here? Uh, initially, I just like I always do a trivia, and it, it's more or less uh, if I say it, it's just to start a discussion. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but. I just thought maybe it was a trick and it could be Antarctica. So that's kind of what I wrote down initially. Just like, hey, maybe should we look at Antarctica? Well, this is your category and I, I would defer to you on this. So whatever your most educated guess is, let's lock I, in I, with. I mean, if I put forth an educated guess, I'm, I would have to go South America, although it's with no certainty whatsoever. We kind of had a similar thought. Um, we were trying to think of somewhere that would have had a really concentrated area of salt. Um, and we too went to a desert um, and we were... Trying to combine, you know, why would Don Juan be with pond, which is an English word? So we ended up going to um, a desert area where a lot of different cultures and territories and countries have staked claims. So we went with Antarctica. Antarctica. So uh, they are correct. It was kind of the the trick, as uh, Neil surmised. It is Antarctica. So points to you guys on that one. And uh, no points for triviality, unfortunately. And uh, to the listeners, I look forward to your uh, salty emails on this question. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some contention here. I just did my best to research it, guys. So let me off the hook. And question three. What famous Argentinian was born Jorge Mario Bergoglio? Jorge Mario Bergoglio. So we're, <laughs> we're locked in. Okay. And let's start with triviality. <clears throat> Jeff. Uh, so we said uh, Che Guevara. Che Guevara. And how about you guys out there in Louisville? We went another direction. <laughs> I don't know if Jan could just be riding high from the good soccer game I she really went to last could. night, but... I said Pele. That was going to be Unfortunately, you guys are both incorrect on this one. It is the Pope, Pope Francis. Oh. oh of course. <laughs> I was actually thinking Pele, too, and uh, I never thought of the Pope. There's What's a, the difference between the Pope and Pele? I mean, you know. <laughs> it's a slight. Pele's a little bit closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to question four. This one is a little bit silly, but let's see if you guys can get it. If Detective Frank P. Geyer were to select a Weezer album to listen to based on the title alone, which album do you think would be most likely to pique his interest? Louisville is locked in. Okay. Just writing down all the Weezer albums. My brother, it's like his favorite band, uh, along with Jimmy Eat World. So I've been, I've seen them like ten times. Um, so they're locked in. So blue, red, white, green, Maladroit, Pinkerton, Ratitude, Pinkerton. Isn't there a book series like the Pinkerton Detective Agency, or is there something? Well, the, the Pinkertons were a group of people, but I'm trying to remember who they were. Uh, it's probably not one of their new albums because Ken doesn't like anything a band does that's new. <laughs> so it'd have to be a classic. That's true. That is not true. Um, it's true. He and I have a strong disagreement on new music by a specific band, which will not be mentioned here. 
Um, and then I can't, th- unless it was an artist who only worked in a color, then it would be blue, red, white, or green. Okay, we're locked in. Okay, it looks like Triviality has locked in, as has Louisville. So let's start with Triviality on this one. So I, I was not listening to the to, to the word detective, but I know as my time training to be a private eye, which is like another story in itself, uh, Pinkerton is a famous uh, detective agency. So Pinkerton. Okay, and how about you guys out there? Um, we were just kind of hoping that the P stands for Pinkerton, but we also said Pinkerton. <laughs> well, uh, you guys both got it uh, the long way around. But yes, you are correct. The Pinkertons were a private detective agency. And Frank P. Geyer was a private detective who worked for them. And he was partially responsible for busting H.H. H. Holmes. I, I kept, Sorry, it took me so long. Yeah, I uh, uh, because of my video background i was applying to be a private eye and i was going to go out and videotape people to uh find evidence that they were lying about their insurance claims and uh i was going to do it but then the guy's like we're going to give you a a beeper and if if you get beeped you have to be somewhere in a seven or eight state radius within 24 hours i was like nope i'm not going to do that (laughs) oh were you serious i was serious yeah because he's like he's like i might call you and you have to be in idaho like the next day by 3 p.m i'm like i'm not going to do that All right, and we are moving on to question five. This is a a listener-submitted question from Adam Abbasi, so thanks for the question here. What is the first animated sequel to gross more than the original movie? First animated sequel to gross more than the original. Yeah, we're kind of rolling through a few in our heads right now. Um, I wrote down one that I'm sure is the latest one to do it, um, but then Jeff reminded me that it was the first film to uh, animated film to do it. Yeah, we have a few different ones rolling around uh, Um, over here as well. I think just for the ease of the question, let's just lock in with that. That's fine. Okay. We're going to go with uh, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. And how about you guys? Well, we also considered uh, Shrek 2 and uh, the and uh, Cars 2 as well. And I'm pretty sure the non-existent Bambi 2. Is that is that Zombie Bambi? Zomb- zombie <laughs> oh. Bambi survives. I think that's actually the name of a strip club on press down here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we, we ended up going with Toy Story 2. Oh, okay. Two. Well, points all around on this one. Ooh. Thanks for the good question, Adam. It did take some mulling over from these guys, so uh, that's what we like to see. And moving on to question six. Within three months, how long is the gestation period for an African elephant, the longest of any living animal? Okay, Team Louisville's locked in. I believe we're locked in as well. Okay. Let's go ahead with Team Triviality first. Felt like it was somewhere between 18 and 24 months, but I couldn't remember for sure, so we split the difference at 21. 21. Okay. How about you guys? Well, having given birth to twins, it seemed like this long. I'm going to (laughs) say 23 months. 23. So you guys are both one away. It is 22. So points for both teams. Good job. I don't know how you guys got that. I thought that was a hard question, but uh, you guys are right in the ballpark there. All right, moving on to question seven. A little bit of uh, criminal history here. While Al Capone had plenty of crimes to his name, what crime was he eventually sentenced for? We're locked in. We're locked in. That was a little too easy for you guys? Yeah, we're locked in. All right, go ahead, Triviality. Uh, We went with tax evasion. Tax evasion. How about you guys? Tax evasion. All right, that one might have been a little too too simple. Uh, It was getting late (laughs) when I was writing these questions. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think a lot of these are still pretty good. So moving on to question eight. As written in Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, the aforementioned raven perches on a bust of what figure? So I would like the name of the figure as written in the poem. It feels like it's a Seinfeld episode because I want to be like uh, like Elaine and say, who's bust worthy? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, if, if anyone out there is a 3D printer or knows of a Patrick Swayze bust, please let us know. We will maybe get them as prizes and put them on. I'm gonna definitely going to put them on my uh, desk. Maybe Jeff and my uh, friend Ethan, who lives in Germany, should uh, should get to work on a Swayze bust for, for Neil here. He would be good at that. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess we're going to lock in Shakespeare. Uh-oh. I hope it's not Lenore. Okay. They locked in Shakespeare. I did see... Um, Shakespeare was in the running for Team Triviality too, but uh, what did you guys go with? Yeah, we just went with Shakespeare too. We just had no no good uh, train of thought here. We were already locked in. Uh, my gut tells me that it is Lenore, but uh, uh, we we did go Shakespeare. I think it's it's probably going to be some weird name. I feel like it starts with a P or something. Well, you guys, uh, you're on the right track there, Neil. It is Palace. Pallid bust a palace above the chamber who's, door. Who's Palace? Hmm. Palace is another name for Athena. Oh. I believe I believe that's the palace. There's a couple different palaces, but I believe that is the palace that is, is being it's, referred to. It's not to. spelled like P A L L A S. Ah, oh, on the classic uh, Greek mythology show, Palace, who shot Athena? I, I did see you wrote down uh, Plato and one other <laughs> short P word, right? Uh, yeah, I, I forget what we wrote down. Sorry, that was my bad Dallas joke for anyone. That's a, such an old reference, but <laughs> who shot Athena in the bathhouse? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving on to question nine, uh, as there are no points to be given that time. In what graphic novel can you find the following characters, phrases, and concepts? Fingermen, The Norse Fire Party, Batch 5, and Eric Finch. Fingermen, The Norse Fire Party, Batch 5, and Eric Finch. There is a film adaptation of this graphic novel as well. Film adaptation, so that immediately takes out Sandman for me. It takes out American Gods, which is a television series by Neil, to both Neil Gaiman. I don't know why I thought of them first. I don't know if it's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I doubt it's that. Um, I'm just trying to think of every Alan Moore adaptation that he hated, which is there's a lot of every, all of them. I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be better off than me. Yeah, than me I just don't want to waste time because I'm gonna I can go through all of them for like ten minutes and then get it, but it's not worth it. Okay, we're in. Okay. And uh, let's start with Louisville. Um, the film clue helped because graphic no- I, I could not name, I don't think, any graphic novel except one from memory. And then it, when you said film, it solidified. The one that I already could name that was for sure a graphic novel. So we went with uh, Frank Miller's Sin City. Okay, not a bad guess. And how about you guys over there? Uh, we, we ended up going with, uh, with The Watchmen, but um, something clicked when, you, uh, when Max started talking. Yeah, uh, I was feeling pretty bad listening to Neil talk here. This is why we're better as a team sometimes. He was going through all the Alan Moore adaptations, but he missed V for Vendetta. Oh, yeah. 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 So you're you're very, very close. And finally, question 10 will end the round. Sanford B. Dole became the first territorial governor of what eventual state after its annexation by the U.S.? That is Sanford B. Dole. Louisville is locked in. Okay. Yeah, literally all I'm thinking of is the annexation of Puerto Rico from Little Giants, the play that won them the game. I'm not, I don't even know if I want to say it. Uh, I'll say it. I don't want to say it on air. What did you say about Dole? I was like, isn't Dole a banana? But I'm trying to figure out why why he would have been so famous in the first place. Like, why should we know him as a standalone right. governor? Is there a, isn't there like a city called Sanford? Not Stanford, but Sanford. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, my gut went to California, and I'm fine with that. I I don't think we're going to get any closer. California. California. Okay, so it looks like Team Triviality locked in with California. That is correct. Okay, and how about you guys? Uh, We totally went the fruit 
route. Yep. <laughs> uh, we, we said Hawaii. All right. Yeah. It uh, looks like you guys were exactly right. Uh, Dole is the gentleman from the fruit company, and the answer is Hawaii. So uh, he was a real piece of shit, as we like to say on Triviality. Uh, basically took over the uh, Hawaiian kingdom and capitalized on the fruit business for his own gains. I should have spoke up more because I, I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's Hawaii because of the fruit, but then I felt so dumb, so I didn't want to say it. That's why I said it privately, but I guess, you know. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the end of regulation, we have Team Triviality in second place at 125 and uh, Team Louisville at 155. So we're going into the final round, but it's still anyone's game. Pretty close. Anything could happen. And without further ado, I will give you the final round categories, and you guys can wager 0 to 30 points on each one of these. And uh, going back to a little bit of electronic music, EDM name game is the first category. The second category is It's Morphine Time. Third category is the Olympics. The fourth category is disease vocabulary. And finally, early U.S. history. All right, uh, with a little bit of discussion, all the wagers are in for our contestants. And we will start with category one, electronic music name game. All right, number one. Alberto Balsalam is a song by Richard James. An electronic musician more commonly known by what name? Number two, it's morphine time. If film characters Renton, Spud, Sick Boy, Tommy, and Begbie had been selected by Zordon, we may have been treated to a delightful crossover of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and what film? Number three, what athlete, whose name sounds like a very adorable location, achieved a gold medal in the Women's Alpine Super G in Nagano and a silver in Downhill at Lillehammer? Number four in disease vocabulary. The commonly seen avian-styled Plague Doctor's mask was designed to prevent the spread of disease based around what M-word theory? The word comes from the ancient Greek, meaning pollution or bad air. M word. M. M. And number five, early U.S. history. Prior to March 4th, 1789, what document functioned as the Constitution for the 13 original states of the USA? I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? 
Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're going to start off with uh, question one, which was electronic music name game. Alberto Balsam is a song by Richard James, an electronic musician more commonly known by what name? And we had Triviality, betting 10 points. And uh, Louisville going a little harder in the paint with 30 points. So what did we have? Uh, we kind of went through a bunch of names. We're trying to figure out if it was old or new. Um, based on the fact that we've seen what he looks like and thought it could be a very vanilla name for this guy, uh, we just went with Dead Mouse. Okay, Dead Mouse, not a bad guess. How about you guys? Well, I'm hoping that um, my buddy Jake is going to save me on this one because like 10 years ago, he had a screen name that was Alberto Balsam with some numbers after it, and his favorite musician of all time was Aphex Twin. So it's like Aphex Twin. Oh. Yep, your buddy did save you. You're absolutely correct. It is Aphex Twin. Yeah, yeah. He just released an EP. He he. he um, Jake makes music now under the name Fomek, F O A M E K, and he just released a new EP. Cool. He's talented. Nice. All right, moving on to question two. This was a little bit of tongue-in-cheek film question. Uh, on this one, we had Triviality going for ten, and also Louisville going for ten. So I wanted to know what film Rent and Spud, Sick Boy, Tommy, and Begbie were in. Um, where they might cross over with uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Let's start with Triviality. So um, this one was tough because we kept talking about war movies and um, Apocalypse Now, and, and then Jeff was like Wonder Woman, and we almost settled on Captain America because of the name Spud, but I can't remember. Neil McDonough, he plays the guy with like the big mustache, and it sounded like Spud. But Sick Boy is the one I, I kept coming back, you know, coming back to. And um, and I knew it was British and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, sick boy, sick boy, sick boy. And all I saw in my head was uh, someone coming out of a toilet. And uh, and I'm not sure if it's right, but uh, we went with train spotting. Train spotting. OK, how about you guys? We I think we were just confused head over heels in two different ways on this question <laughs> because Jan was Jan was like, well, Tommy's a Power Ranger. And I'm like, no, the Power Ranger tie in is Zordon in the question. And I'm like, these five are from some other movie, and that's what they're looking for. And we thought you, there was going to be some kind of linguistic crossover with ID, either Mighty or Power or Rangers. So we <laughs> didn't know what the hell we were doing here. So we we said the the Mighty Boosh Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, I'd watch that show. Okay, yeah. The the keyword in the uh, in the category was it's morphine time, and it is train spotting. You guys are right. But, uh, that's also a tie-in between uh, Born Slippy our our underworld song. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's why I know it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to question three. On this one, we had uh, our uh, our team triviality thrown in the towel, 
and uh, Louisville going in for 10. So the question was in Olympics, and it was, uh, what athlete, whose name sounds like a very adorable location, achieved gold medal in Nagano and silver in Lilyhammer? Let's start with uh, Louisville. I was really, I thought I was going to bank on Jan to know the Olympics question, and then it turned out I knew this one. Um, I believe her name uh, was Peekaboo Street. That's it. And uh, Team Triviality, what did you guys have? I, I couldn't think of her name, and I knew it was something quirky, and I kept telling Jeff, I was like, something Coco. I don't know why I was thinking Coco, like Coco Crisp, but uh, it's totally Peekaboo Street. We just, we didn't write anything because we, we couldn't think of it. Yep, Peekaboo Street is correct. Um, so 10 points for you on that one. And moving on to number four. This was in disease vocabulary, and I wanted to know what M word uh, was the theory about uh, pollution or bad air that they uh, made the plague doctor masks over. And uh, for question four, uh, we had Team Triviality going in for 10 and Louisville going in for 20. So uh, what did you have, Triviality? Um, I went more for a direct translation, and we went uh, malodorous. Gosh, again, we were all over the place on this one. I know the mask you're talking about because I think it's the same one the medics are wearing in um, uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Go get, um, you know, it looks like a, it's 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 like um, Alec Baldwin's scary face in Beetlejuice. Oh. That's, what, that's what it looks like. Um, we sat here trying to think of Greek words that could mean bad or air or pollution or any of that. So we just ended up coming up with malady. So we called it the malady theory. All right. Uh, unfortunately, no points to be had on this one. It is miasma or miasmatic. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and finally, question five was in early U.S. history. I wanted to know what uh, document functioned as the governing document uh, for the 13 original states before the Constitution was instated in March 4th, 1789. And let's start with Triviality, who bet 30, and uh, Louisville bet 10. So Neil and I kind of went back and forth on this one. Um, I thought maybe they, they functioned under English common law. So uh, Neil had written down the Magna Carta, which I know was part of English common law. So we went with the Magna Carta. Okay. And how about you guys? Um, I think that prior to there being a constitutional convention where the first constitution was drafted, um, they had some other meet. I can't remember what the original meeting was called. Do you Continental Congress. The Continental Congress. There we go. And they came up with a document that I think was called the Articles of Confederation. So that's what we said. The Articles of Confederation are correct. Um, also known as Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union. Um, that was indeed the uh, governing document prior to the uh, Constitution that we have today. And after the final, it looks like Team Triviality has dropped 40 points to 85. And uh, Team Louisville has picked up an extra 20 points to end at 175. And they will be this week's cream of the crop. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Oh. Great game, guys. Uh, yeah, Jeff and I just were not uh, on top of it today. And uh, you guys, I think what happened was you said Patrick Swayze might have been a... Uh, detriment to you but i feel like his mom jeans yeah he was just giving you like good vibes and yeah, it worked a shining beacon we were blessed to gaze yes. into the crotchmas of patrick swayze throughout <laughs> this we will pray to him now <laughs> we'll be ordering 3d printed uh busts of patrick swayze's crotch you have your you have your good games you have your bad games today it was just one of ours and you guys did really well so we didn't stand a chance yeah, great great um, team and i'm always happy to see somebody uh come in and beat these guys in our own house so Thanks so much for having us, guys. We had a blast. Yeah, that was super fun. Thank you. All right. So once again, thank you to Jan and Max for joining us in a great game. 
If you'd like to play along with our contestants, please make sure to check out our Facebook page and download our official Triviality score sheet that we use here in the studio. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, you can find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com at TrivialityPod. If you'd like to uh, get in touch with us by email, send those uh, questions to TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com and make sure you put question five submissions in the uh, subject line with the host that you want to read it. We also have our new website at TrivialityPodcast.com and, of course, our Patreon page, which we would appreciate any and all uh, subscriptions to. Of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Until the next game, on behalf of my co-hosts here, Jeff and Neil, and uh, an absent Matt, and our guests Max and Jan, that was Triviality. They would not renounce the heathen ways. Thirty years of campaigning consumed to subject those pagans to Christian rule. I shed the blood of Saxon men. I shed the blood of the Saxon men. I shed the blood of the Saxon men. I shed the blood of the Saxon men. I shed it at birthday. I shed the blood of the Saxon men. I shed the blood of all those. I shed the blood of the Saxon man.